I generally try to avoid dentists. Don't get me wrong, I'm not an anti-dentite. <laughs> I have dentists in my family. It's just that every time I go to the dentist, that scene from the Marathon Man comes back to me in vivid and living color. Dustin Hoffman and Lawrence Olivier's chair forever changed my life and not in a good way. You know, that whole ritual of anxiety waiting in the waiting room, then settling into the oversized chair with the big light above your head, all the whirling machines with the squealing, squawking, squeaking sounds of silent surrender. Just not an experience I look forward to. And fortunately for me, I've never really had any issue with my teeth. No cavities my entire life. I just go every six months. The hygienist does her thing. We talk about her family and the state of the world. And then a half hour later, the dentist comes in to take a look. And she assures me that she's never seen teeth like mine in her entire career. And I go on my merry way, heaving a heavy sigh of relief. One final fleeting flashback of Dustin Hoffman in my brain. So you can imagine my emotional distress when my dentist told me I needed a wisdom tooth extracted. I'll spare you all the emotions, you know, my conviction that she was actually looking at the wrong set of x-rays, it was somebody else's x-rays, and through all the weeks of deferring the procedure for lame and made-up excuses, suffice it to say that I didn't even notice the actual procedure. Those sedatives are among the most miraculous inventions in the entire history of the human race. I was out within 10 seconds and woke up completely refreshed. I hadn't slept so well since I was a child. <laughs> I want to spend a moment with you sharing some wisdom I acquired through my wisdom tooth. It involves not the actual procedure, but its aftermath. A couple of weeks later, I received this notice from my insurance company, among the largest in the country. Now, you know, I hardly ever read insurance forms. So I don't have the patience for this boilerplate language. But there's something about this notice that caught my attention. It just reeks of arrogance and cynicism. And I hadn't expected it, even from an insurance company. Dear Amiel Hirsch, we received a request. A review of your request was issued. This service is not covered by your commercial dental plan. It's being denied because it's not medically necessary. <laughs> now, what service did they deny? The sedation. Apparently, Two 15-minute increments that together cost $1,500. Your treatment request for heavy sedation has been denied. Records sent must state that there is a condition that makes this service necessary. These include at least one of the following. Severe anxiety, lack of ability to cooperate during treatment, which probably would have been me had I not been sedated, physical or mental special needs, a significant health problem, complicated treatment needs, or an allergy to local anesthesia. When I read this, 
Like, I, I could have spent an hour on Talmud, but I read this, I burst out in sarcastic laughter. And what did these people expect? That you should just sit there while your dentist pulls your tooth? What, enduring, enduring the pain? Like Oren Scrivello's patients in Little Shop of Horrors? No one who has actually undergone a dental procedure without pain medication could draft something like this. Just say you don't want to cover dental. Just say that the whole thing is not really real. That paying the insurance premiums doesn't mean that you'll actually receive comprehensive insurance reimbursement. Who's even making these decisions? Do those people who wrote to me, do they expect to sit wide awake while their tooth is pulled? Even under what the insurance company called uh, local anesthesia? Well, the insurance company helpfully added this line. If your dental issue can be treated in a different way, the alter alternate treatment your plan, of your plan covers is listed in the table above. So if you can have an alternate treatment, it's listed here in the table above. This is the table, nothing. No alternate. So here's the point. I could casually laugh off this ridiculous CYA notice from the insurance company, because I can afford the $1,500. But what do so many Americans who can't afford the $1,500 do? Do they not go to the dentist at all? And what if they need more work done, four wisdom teeth pulled, or more complicated dental procedures, or what if they have three kids at home? Do they go to the dentist? And at the casual behest of insurance, executives endure the pain? The well-off go to sleep, wake up and refresh like not since childhood, without even realizing they've had a procedure and the less well-off suffer? We read that before the morning service of sacrifice, the Kohanim, the priests, remove the ashes accumulated from the sacrifices of the days before. And the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen breeches, and he shall take up the ashes from the altar and put them beside the altar. And then the priest shall take off these clothes put on other garments, and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. The sages noticed two important matters. First, it was the priests themselves, not the maintenance crew, who took out the ashes. It's the first thing they did in the morning. And second, before the priests began removing the ashes, they put on their priestly garments, presumably white robes, why? Why couldn't the janitors remove the ashes? And if the priests were selected to do so, why put on their priestly robes? They were bound to get dirty. The sages responded that this was the Torah's way of keeping the high and mighty priests humble. They were not superior human beings. Albeit they occupied a lofty position in society, 
One, by the way, that they didn't earn by merit. It was a hereditary position. You were born into the priesthood because your father was a priest. It showed that at most, you had good parent-choosing skills. According to the sages, the Torah recognized the human impulse to assume that your station in life, or even your own hard-earned success, entitles you to special privileges. Even the priests might begin to think that they are more worthy, more noble, more entitled, better, superior to everyone else. You are at risk of developing a coarse approach to others. I don't even need to think about somebody else's suffering. Their suffering is their business. I've got enough. I can go to sleep during a procedure. For this reason, the Torah mandated that the priests themselves clean out the ashes. And in so doing, to get their fashionable priestly clothes dirty, white, so that they and everyone else could see that the priests do menial work and their white clothes also get soiled. We're too arrogant in modern society. We lack the essential quality of humility. Try putting yourself in another person's shoes. Remember, you too were strangers in the land of Egypt. You know the pain of the misfortune. Put yourself in the dentist chair, not able to afford adequate medication. You get your tooth pulled wide awake and then evaluate whether you think, how did you call it? Whether it's medically necessary to receive sedation. It's a time of year when we gather with our family and friends to celebrate the goodness of life, freedom, prosperity, love, good health, physical and emotional well-being. Give thanks for what you have and be humble about it. You are not better or superior to those who have less. The sages taught in future days, all of the sacrifices will be annulled except the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And in future days, all of the prayers will be annulled except the prayers of thanksgiving. Giving thanks will always be necessary. Gratitude leads to humility. Humility leads to empathy. And empathy diminishes arrogance and undue suffering. May you enjoy a restful week of respite. Lichter 